Hello and welcome to the latest We Are Guernsey podcast where we bring you the latest developments from Guernsey's financial services industry. My name is Brandon Ashplant and I am strategy and technical executive at We Are Guernsey, the island's promotional agency for financial services. For those who are not familiar with Guernsey, the island is a leading global finance centre of substance, stability and security, committed to the cause of sustainable finance as a member of several United Nations environment initiatives and having been proactive in developing sustainable products and services, including launching the world's first green fund regime, the Guernsey Green Fund. Uh, to find out more about this, tune into our sister podcast, the Guernsey Green Finance Podcast. The island also has a history of embracing the development and implementation of tech and fintech into the specialist financial services provided on island. Uh, The aim is for Guernsey to enable the widespread adoption and application of the technology in financial services within a safe and secure environment. In terms of recent developments in fintech in Guernsey, uh, it is roughly 13 months, um, I think almost to the day, uh, since We Are Guernsey held its funds financing technology event in London. So that was in November 2019. Uh, and one of the speakers at that event was uh, Guernsey-based tech and fintech specialist Mark Cohen, uh, who is co-chief investment officer at 1818 Venture Capital. So today I'm actually joined uh, by Mark to discuss developments for both 1818 and the Guernsey fintech space more broadly, uh, one year on since that event last November in 2019. And I guess before I begin, I should also mention that if you haven't listened to some of our previous podcasts already, you can do so on your preferred podcast platform or on the on-demand page at weareguernsey.com. So without further ado, um, hello, Mark. Hi, Brandon. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Very well. Good, yes, good. So I guess, Mark, before we, we delve into to the deep-ended stuff, I guess I'll ask, uh, firstly, you know, who, who are you? Tell us a bit about yourself um, and how you ended up with uh, 1818 here in Guernsey. Okay, uh, so I'll try and keep this as brief as I can. Uh, my background is I was originally a maths undergraduate. I went into the city of London and was an interest rate swap trader at various banks for seven years. And then in 2001, I actually quit to go and do a master's in AI and artificial intelligence. And at the time, that wasn't the sort of fashionable area that it that it is now. Um, sort of AI and neural nets first sort of got popular in the 1980s, then people struggled to do anything with them. And by 2001, actually there weren't very many viable courses around. Uh, I found a very good one, um, did that, um, was lucky enough to meet my wife while I, while I was doing my master's degree, and then a couple of years later went back into the city, joined a proprietary trading group, uh, built up the systematic side of that from scratch to become most of that business, and actually been doing some poker and AI work on the side, with a friend, brought that friend into the business. We built up the AI version of that systematic trading system to be most to be, and that ended up being all of that business. Uh, and I was doing that up until uh, sort of two and a half years ago when I moved to Guernsey. Uh, and when I got home, I wasn't 100% sure what I, what I was going to do next. And I was, you know, very fortunate to be introduced to a few people. And there's a you know good talented business community here, and everyone's actually very kind and very happy to share a bit of time. And so I'd meet someone for a coffee. They would introduce me to a, to a few people, and I met you know found it very easy to meet lots of talented business people in the community. Uh, one of those meetings was with uh, Richard Avery Wright here at 1818 Venture Capital, 
uh, and he invited me quite quickly to become an advisor to the uh, sort of investment arm of the business. Uh, and then uh, sort of not long after, um, having been exploring all the different sort of private opportunities that were available, I had been able to see that actually by far the best ones that were available were available via 1818 Venture Capital. And I went to him with a property and say, actually, I would like to be more involved and to buy into the business. Uh, and that's obviously the short version, I guess, of uh, how I find myself here today. And I guess an obvious question from, from our side would be, what, what attracted you to the island in the first place? So that's a, that's a good question. So the, the thing I just spoke about where, you know, the sort of highly talented business community and the fact that people were, were happy to share their time and make introductions. I didn't know that about Guernsey before I got here, but it's certainly been a hugely positive part of my experience. We'd actually been living in Lugano in Switzerland for eight years. And I had a keen desire to get either to start my own business or to get involved in a business where I could have a sort of equity stake and hopefully build something for, for myself and for, for a business. And so really I needed to be in a sort of English speaking jurisdiction and a very and a business friendly environment, which Guernsey absolutely is. I also needed, you know, I've got four young sons, uh, married with four young sons, and I needed someone which would be very good for my family to live and, and most importantly to bring up my children. And you know, Guernsey is a very safe, secure place. The schools here are good, and so that was a huge attraction for us coming here. Okay, and, you, and obviously you mentioned you, you lived and worked in, in Switzerland, and, and, and that's a non-speaking, uh, English-speaking, I should say, a jurisdiction. So how does it weigh up to those perhaps more, not necessarily far-flung places, but perhaps less Anglo-Saxon uh, jurisdictions? How does the island weigh up against, you know, the UK and those, yeah, like I say, more, more uh, non-English-speaking, non-Anglo-Saxon jurisdictions? Uh, so I was in the in Italian speaking part of Switzerland and my Italian is, is not that good. Uh, I think it would have been hard for me to, you know, it's obviously a very beautiful place to live, um, but, you know, we had problems with the, the schools there with our, with our children and that was a concern. And I think what would have been a, 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 the options there for me would have been quite narrow. Um, compared to the UK, we like the safety and the security of it here. We like the fact that, you know, nothing is too far away. There are some beach, lovely beaches all over the island. And, yeah, as I said, the, the, the safety and security are just a, a really nice place to bring up kids. And, you know, if they're out playing, that you don't really, really worry about them. I guess moving on to 1818 Venture Capital as a, as a firm, I mean, before we get into how you've operated for the past year and how the landscape's changed since that funds fin that financing event uh, in London over a year ago, what does 1818 do? I mean, obviously it's an early stage tech and fintech um, businesses you're looking at, but what, on a perhaps more granular, more detailed level, what, what do you do? Uh, so we, as we said, invest in sort of very early stage tech and fintech businesses, and that can be on occasion, though not most of the time, literally the first money that they receive. Uh, it's often the first institutional money they receive, and we are prepared to invest early before there are that many proof points in a business. Uh, and the benefit of that too, you know, there are lots of companies out there that need funding and are looking for funding to, to get going. And we feel that we've seen enough opportunities and we have the right experience and right expertise to make good decisions on those businesses. Now, obviously, the earlier you go, the, the slightly higher risk it is, 
but we feel that's much that's heavily outweighed by the sort of extra return potential of those things. And actually, those businesses need it. The sort of industry trends are towards mega funds, and they naturally have to invest later where people need more money. So there is actually a funding gap and therefore an opportunity to earn excess returns if you're prepared to back your judgment and invest in those businesses. And in terms of what I specifically do, um, obviously there's a, there's a lot involved in, in running a business, but you know part of my role, as you said, is co-chief investment officer. And so the first thing that in any business when they come in, the first, the sort of top of our funnel, if you like, and we see talk to hundreds of businesses a year, is that they'll come in and they'll actually have a very quick 10-minute uh, call with me, uh, and we actually get to see them and talk to them and, and hear what they're doing and give them a chance to talk about what their how their business works rather than just um, sending in a pitch deck and maybe never hearing anything again. And so we, try, we think that's better for the businesses, helps us to invest, uh, and is better all-round outcome. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think from, from your point, it, meeting people and meeting um, entrepreneurs and so on and, and, and people you're looking to invest into, that's a crucial side of things, isn't it? You can't just have a you, – you've got to meet them. You can't just have a Zoom call. I mean – but has has that changed? I mean, of course, in the last year, we've had COVID, uh, a number of lockdowns. Obviously, in Guernsey, we had a lockdown in around the second quarter of this year. How did that affect things? And how 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 did you continue to to operate business as usual, as it were, in light of COVID and the lockdown? So I, I use the word me, and, and now when I use the word me, I do actually include Zoom calls and 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 video calls in that. Uh, and so, obviously, I think 13 months ago. Uh, when we met, we never invested in a business without actually meeting the people and actually meeting them in person a number of times. Our process has changed. And actually, a chunk of that process changed, you know, what I just talked about in terms of the, the first part of the top of our funnel being a sort of quick online pitch. That was going to change anyway, even without COVID. But the, the sort of main thing that has changed is that if you'd asked us at the start of the year or at that event, would we ever invest without meeting someone in person? We have said no. Now we have uh, made a number of investments this year. Uh, one of them so far we is one where we never met them in person other than over Zoom calls. And two more that are going to close before the end of the year uh, are also businesses where we've never physically met them. And so I think that's just been a natural change that, that everyone has had to adapt to. You know, it's either that or or don't invest. And there are, you know, too many good opportunities out there and businesses that need financing to to not do that. Yeah. And I think, is there, is there a side to it? Do you think things will go back to normal? Do you think you will, you know, obviously the COVID vaccine is now big news uh, and hopefully the world will return to, to some sort of normalcy or some hopeful, hopefully a, a pre-COVID state of normalcy very soon and we'll be able to travel around the world and get back on, on planes and so on as perhaps that's not great for the environment but it's something that we hopefully will be able to return to be able to have the option to do. Um, is that something that will be happening and, and do you think you will definitely go back to meeting people or is it the case that you might be able to close deals just through having met um, via Zoom calls, or I say met, but having talked through Zoom calls, is that something that, that will be the norm going forward? So I think my best guess, and it is a guess, is that in about six months' time, things will largely have returned to normal, assuming the vaccine rollout goes as expected, because most of the vulnerable people 
will be protected. And so while there's still some risk, less risk for the remaining people, those people are ones that are unlikely, a lot less likely to be seriously affected by it. In terms of process for us, we have discussed this. We will not go back entirely to what we were doing beforehand. As I said, we sort of retold that investment process and part of that was sort of coincidence that happened around COVID. I think we will try and meet people in, in person as a most, but that will most likely be a sort of final sense check before we close an investment rather than meeting them lots of times in practice because it's a question of how do we most efficiently spend our time and make the best decisions? And actually, if you're traveling, if you're forcing them to meet you or you're forcing yourself to travel to meet them, it chews up a lot of everybody's time. And you want them to be running their business and you need to run your business and also explore as many different investment opportunities as you can. So it won't go back to 100% to how it was beforehand. That, that I'm certain of, at least for us. And you have closed deals. Could you sort of specify some, perhaps, or specify on some of the de deals you have closed in these COVID times? Uh, so I'll give two examples. Um, we closed one deal. We invested in a business called Capdesk in August last year, and we made a small investment uh, at the time. In the beginning of April, I think about a week after the stock market lows, they raised a, another round at a sort of quite a significant premium to where they raised last year, which was quite incredible, actually, that they managed to close around at that time. Very impressive. I mean, literally, the, probably the hardest time to do that since the financial crisis. Uh, and we were able to, a founder that had left a, a, a sort of about 18 months previously, we were able to buy out one of the founders at a sort of 20% discount to that round. And we now own, you know, for our investors, a significant share of that business. And they're doing absolutely great. So, uh, and they're hopefully, you know, yeah, they're doing really well. And we're really, really happy with how that investment is going. We've got one deal which we ought to close within the next week, which I don't want to give too many details on, but a sort of combination of sort of equity financing from us and some debt financing from a partner in aggregate, we should actually be able to provide them with close to sort of 20 million pounds worth of funding uh, and really help this business go to the next level. So that's quite exciting. Uh, just because the deal hasn't closed yet, I don't quite want to give the, the, the name out, uh, but that's, a you know, again, another business that we've never met them in person other than via Zoom calls and all the due diligence when you're talking to their clients, uh, you know, just to sort of verify that, you know, they are as good as they seem to be. All that stuff has been done remotely, and uh, and that's actually quite a, quite an exciting deal. We're, we're very looking forward to closing that one. Okay. Uh, and I think, I mean, obviously, you've so you've managed to close big deals despite the, the, the great deal of perhaps um, once in a generation levels of uh, disruption. But is and how how's, how has Guernsey perhaps played to your fortunes in the sense that, I mean, is Guernsey, had you not been located or perhaps based here, would business activity have been different? Would it have been, perhaps it might have been better, but would it have been worse than, than you've 
you've seen over the last sort of six to six to twelve months? It's been great being in Guernsey over the last, you know, six to nine months in particular, because uh, and not everyone listening to the podcast might be familiar with that. This, but you know, since the twentieth of June, Guernsey has been fully out of lockdown. Life is normal. You can meet someone for a, you can meet someone for a coffee. I met a local founder. Uh, for a coffee this morning, you can go for lunch, there's no masks, um, and we're able to sort of come back into the office and all work together. And while when, when everything was remote, when we did have our lockdown, we made that work and it actually worked pretty well, it is nice to have that option and to be able to come back into the office. I mean, interestingly, some people are still choosing to work from home and some people are, you know, doing half and half. And having been in lockdown and everyone having to work from home, we know that that can work and we're a lot more comfortable with it as are, you know, I'm sure most businesses, but it, it's great to have been in Guernsey in this environment over the last six months where life has effectively been completely normal. And we're very grateful for that. Um, very grateful for sort of how well run the island has been in order to make that happen. And also, I guess the sort of, community spirit that led to when we did have a, a lockdown the sort of compliance with the regulations that enabled us to get to this point where we, we can largely have a, a, a normal life and that's been great for business as well as making it a, a great place to, to live and, and, and have my family over the you know the last year. Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose from both a personal and private life perspective, but also from a business levels perspective, there is it is almost a two pronged sort of issue in the sense that we we went from like you say assessing how well business continued over lockdown and during that lockdown period but then also how well business activity has not not necessarily bounced back perhaps but continued in the post or guernsey's post lockdown period since like you say mid mid to late june uh, this year so i think i mean you've obviously closed the deals you've you've continued to to operate as a firm how has Guernsey's, I would say, infrastructure. How, how did that impact during lockdown? Because uh, Guernsey Finance, we have, we did conduct research around uh, early summer as we came out of lockdown to assess how well businesses, specifically within financial services, managed to continue operating business as usual. Uh, and we assessed a number of issues. And we, one of the key positives that came out was that infrastructure is pretty good on Ireland, uh, despite um, perhaps what others might say, in the sense that the broadband isn't necessarily too bad. What was your perspective on that as a firm? Um, I think that, you know, for us, we managed to, to make it work. Everyone was able to do everything remotely. Uh, occasionally, people could have had slightly better quality broadband, but it was still, you know, for most people, it was it was fine. Uh, and we were able to work remotely and make that work. And the infrastructure was, was, was good. Uh, you know, and the, the governance of the island was able to continue in terms of the, the states and the civil service to be able to continue to provide services. I think we saw, you know, again, a lot less, there were some shortages in the shops during lockdown, but I think a lot, it was a lot better than it was in the UK, which is very impressive, uh, given that we are in Ireland and reliant on, you know, deliveries. And so, you know, um, I think the, the states did a good job in you know preparing for preparing for that and making sure that everything was was well set up okay and i think also like i said the second sort of pronged part is the obviously the returning to normal since june being out and about not wearing masks obviously travel off or onto and off island is very much impacted but within the island bubble it's it's 
practically pre-COVID normalcy. Um, had you not been based in Guernsey, what would that have looked like in the sense that you would likely still, I mean, it depends where you would be in the world, but you'd perhaps be almost definitely have been in, in lockdown longer than you were uh, in Guernsey. And then perhaps up till now, having come out of lockdown and being able to meet people on Ireland, has that massively impacted your business? I mean, how does that scale up? Uh, it's, it's incredibly helpful certainly to, for, for our business, you know, because we are, you know, a, a lot of business is about being able to perform connections with people uh, and meet people. And, and while you can do some of that over Zoom, as we've discussed, actually, you know, part of our business is building up those relationships with people. You know, if our, for the investors that we have that are on island, being able to meet them and talk to them and sort of explain what we're doing. And those are all things that, you know, I mean, there's literally, as far as I know, nowhere else in the world where it's just pretty much business as usual and everything is just exactly how it was. So that has been, uh, you know, very, very helpful. And it would be remiss if I didn't ask you to sort of sum up. Obviously, the last year has been heavily impacted by COVID and, and COVID lockdown. What has perhaps not necessarily not related to COVID, but something aside, what has changed in in the the tech and the fintech landscape since that event uh, 13 months ago? So I think some of this is industry trends anyway, and some of this is driven by by COVID, which I think is just largely has caused an acceleration of those trends. Uh, And one is on the the financing side, which is that there has been a tendency towards mega funds, and they tend to move further down the curve. There therefore is a funding gap that we can help Bill uh, for those businesses uh, and hopefully therefore generate better returns for our clients. Um, the other side is on the sort of tech and fintech side is that there's just a lot more demand from businesses for those services. The ones that may have been more nervous about them in a, in a, uh, ahead of this have just come to understand actually you can deliver a lot digitally and so for the sorts of businesses that we invest in they are the right businesses that are going to grow over time. There's been a temporary COVID boost, but that, as I say, it's accelerated the trend, which is just going to continue and get stronger and stronger. Okay, well, um, thanks, Mark. Uh, thank you, Brennan. Thank you. Uh, uh, thanks for providing insight into the, to the past year of funds fin- financing tech, um, particularly how 1818 Venture Capital, but also the Guernsey fintech landscape more broadly, uh, managed to continue operating business as usual with little no- to no disruption, what seems to be the case uh, throughout the island's lockdown in the second quarter of the year, as mentioned, but also benefited from the island's long-standing COVID-free status since June. I think it's, I think it's fair to say that Guernsey has this year proven itself to be a jurisdiction of absolute stability and security. Um, as alluded to earlier, Guernsey Finance Research has suggested that the island's infrastructure and good governance were two particularly key issues to enabling business activity uh, within financial services uh, sector on Ireland to continue without disruption. Um, and thanks for tuning in. Um, to learn more about Guernsey and its financial services sector, head over to our website at weareguernsey.com or check out the We Are Guernsey podcast on your preferred podcast platform. Thanks again, Mark. Uh, Thank you, Brandon. Really enjoyed it.